Welcome to the Watching World Podcast, a podcast of abundant life whose mission is to see lives changed by Jesus and whose vision is to be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. God's blessings to you all that are listening. I'm your host, Les Norman. Thanks for joining us today on the Watching World Podcast. And we want to give you a warning at the front side. Um, if you are listening to this episode um, with uh, young ones, um, this is a sensitive topic uh, to many, but uh, we're not going to shy away from that because it's a necessary topic. Um, our guest today is Abby Johnson. And Abby, uh, I had a, uh, the honor of emceeing an event for Rachel House years and years ago, and Abby was uh, uh, the speaker there, the headline speaker. Uh, she is a speaker, a pro-life advocate, a best-selling author. She's the founder of the And Then There Were None Ministry, and that is a ministry that's designed to assist abortion clinic workers transition out of the industry. Abby was uh, a former Planned Parenthood leader. She was the clinic director for eight years, and she fled the organization, and now she is an outspoken advocate for the pro-life. And, and Abby, I, I say the pro-life movement. You know, it's, it's there's. I feel like when I say or read or hear the word movement, like it's just this trendy thing. And the topic of abortion is not meant to be some trendy movement-y thing. This is, this is the real deal, and this is Satan at work. And I know there was a stat that we'll jump to. Since 1973, there have been over 63 million babies murdered in the United States. And uh, oh my gosh, that's beyond not okay. So, uh, first of all, thank you for being here. I want to also mention that Abby is the host. I love this title, by the way. I'm I'm guessing, knowing your personality, following you over these years, I'm going to guess that you came up with the title of your podcast, Politely Rude, with Abby Johnson. Was that you? Uh, yeah. Well, so it was kind of my husband because my husband always says that I'm southern and I'm politely rude. So <laughs> he says it's a southern it's a southern thing. So. We were we were coming up we were trying to come up with names and he says you know um, you know I always say you're politely rude that's that's what you should name your podcast and so yeah. I talked to I talked that's to the producer about it and he was like that's perfect actually <laughs> like that describes you <laughs> yeah I mean that yeah that's that's great maybe that's that little bit of that rebellious streak in me that just saw that I'm like oh my gosh I'm jealous that I didn't pick that one up but yes politely rude she's the host of that and you can find that on Spotify Apple Google and much more it's about politics parenting life navigating daily chaos as a mother of eight uh, what do you know about chaos I mean come on so. Abby, tell us a little bit about your story. Um, some, many of the listeners are going to know you and your story, but but some aren't. And so, um, again, um, this is uh, the topic is abortion. And so, if you've got sensitive listeners in the car, at home, wherever you're listening, um, use your own discernment and judgment. Um, but uh, we're not going to shy away from anything. Uh, and so, uh, that being said, Abby, yeah, tell us a little bit about your story about how um, you were working in a Planned Parenthood and then how all that changed. Yeah. So I got involved with Planned Parenthood when I was in college, I grew up conservative Southern Baptist didn't uh, really talk about abortion in my home. My parents were pro-life, but you know, they weren't activists in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, I think they just believed that, well, you know, we've taught Abby the biblical pathway to marriage, which is abstinence until marriage. And so as long as she follows that, then abortion is never going to be on the table. So we just really don't need to talk about something so distressing uh, with our, our little girl. And so we didn't talk about it. I went to college. Mm -hmm. That's when I was introduced to Planned Parenthood and introduced to um, 
they're very, uh, you know, forward facing kind of sly talking points that they're there to help women, that they're there to empower women, to give women their rights, you know, things like that. And as someone, you know, who was a very naive college kid, I thought, well, yeah, I mean, all of that sounds good. That all sounds like something that we should all get behind, right? So um, I got involved believing I was helping women, believing that our mission at Planned Parenthood was to keep abortion safe, legal, and rare. And started working for them, started getting promoted pretty quickly, um, and then was really in the thick of it. I mean, I was really, you know, helping to um, educate women on abortion, Um, I was, you know, back, you know, helping to, um, helping in the lab with the abortions and I was doing all kinds of things, um, in the clinic ended up getting promoted again and was actually running the facility. And then, um, one day in, in, uh, September of 2009, I was asked to assist with an, an ultrasound guided abortion. Ultrasounds are not typically used in the abortion procedure, but we had a visiting physician come in that day and he was going to show us what this type of abortion procedure looked like. He wanted us to see what was actually taking place in, in the womb during an abortion. And it was an abortion on a 13 week old baby. And, uh, I, I really watched and I was shocked. I was horrified as I watched this 13 week old baby fight and struggle uh, for his life against the abortion instruments. And, um, I knew then that, you know, I, I had been lied to. I, I wasn't a victim. I mean, I, I had eagerly believed the lie. Um, but because of that, I had been in turn lied to thousands of women who had come in to my facility. Um, and I knew that there was life in the womb. There was uh, humanity in the womb. And I knew that if those two things were true, I was, I was on the wrong side of, of this debate. So that was when I ended up leaving Planned Parenthood. So uh, how did you how did you deal with that emotionally, mentally? I mean, we know that. And, and listen, before before we say any go any further, if you're out there and you're listening to this episode of the Watching World podcast, and and maybe you've you've had an abortion and you're living in shame, regret, fear, all the different negative emotions, there is grace and forgiveness in the Lord. Okay, it, it's not it, you're you're not ruined and done for life in that way. And so uh, understanding I've, I've spoken to a few different women over the years that still carry that, that guilt and that shame with them. And some have now um, been advocates for pro-life obviously, and have gone through that and they experience forgiveness and and share their story as well. But uh, I just, there's no judgment here. You know, there's that forgiveness in, in the Lord. You don't have to carry that shame. But at that time, Abby, how did you deal with that when you came to the realization, I am on the wrong side? What were some of the emotions that you were going through? Um, you know, I think I felt, I really think I felt stupid. Hmm. Um, I felt like, you know, what is, like, what, what is wrong with me? Like, why did I not see this before? Why would I have allowed myself to be involved in this for so long? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think I, I just felt really, really foolish. And, and then I, then I had to come to terms with the fact that I had 
killed two of my own children because during that time I had had two abortions. And so then I, I'm like, oh my mm. gosh, you know, I've had two of my own abortions. What have I done to my own children? And then, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, how many mm-hmm. abortions have I facilitated since I've been here? I, you know, I came up with a number and that was 22,000. So I was like, you know, I have helped to facilitate 22,000 abortions, wow. which made my own two abortions seem really insignificant because I, you know, okay, I had, I had done this to myself, right? But then I had mm-hmm. really worked for this incredibly predatory industry, right? I mean, if you look at, if you look at Planned Parenthood and what they do, if you just look at the sheer numbers, and that's really what mm-hmm. I started to do. I started to really look at all of the things that I had heard from pro-lifers that I had dismissed as false, right? That I kind of like dismissed as like fake news. I mean, I started to look at it and I'm like, is this really true? Mm -hmm. Is it really true that 79% of our clinics were built in minority neighborhoods, in black neighborhoods? And I started looking at it, I'm like, yes, that is true, right? Is it true that um, Mm -hmm. the, the majority of the people that I worked with, the majority of the people that we hire uh, are single moms, impoverished minority women, undereducated or uneducated women. Was that true? Yeah, it was true. I mean, I just, I started looking at all of these things coming together and I was like, you know, holy crap. Like we are predators. We look for the weak. We look for the vulnerable. There was never one time in my career at Planned Parenthood where I was taught to look at a woman who was in a crisis situation, a vulnerable situation and say, you know what, let me help you get the job training you need. Let me help you get the education you need. Let me help you, you know, get a, a good resume together. Let me help you with all of these services, these government services, community services, so that you can parent your baby, so that you can, you know, get these skills to be a great mom. You know, all, there was never a time that I did that. The only thing that we ever offered a woman who was in crisis, a woman who was vulnerable, was an abortion. And I thought, that's predatory. That's all we're offering these women. And, and I just thought, the only, you know, women only choose abortion when they're weak. Women never choose abortion when they're feeling empowered. Women mm-hmm. never choose abortion at a time in their life where they're yeah. feeling strong. Women choose abortion at their weakest. And that is when we, as an organization, as an industry, swoop in and we manipulate them, we coerce them, we don't actually give them options. When a woman walks into Planned Parenthood, when she walks into an abortion clinic, that is when her options are removed. Wow. And that made me feel sick that I had been a part of that. Yeah. So you, you got out of Planned Parenthood, you, you ended it, and it's almost instantly, I remember reading in your book, it was almost instant that then all of a sudden you became to Planned Parenthood public enemy number one. Because yeah. what, I, what I've known about you when I met you, when I've heard you speak, when I've read your books, just hearing you talk, you're not exactly a shy person, <laughs> which I love because you're, you're outspoken, you tell it like it is, you challenge people, and that has rubbed a lot of people in powerful positions that oppose your view and my view the wrong way. And so didn't you become like public enemy number one with Planned Parenthood as soon as you said, I'm out, I'm done. So um, 
Yeah. I mean, I, I left, um, and I actually reached out to the pro-life organization who had always been, um, who had always been outside of my facility praying and everything like that. When I reached out to them, um, and started working with them, they, um, I, I'm not, we're not, we're still not exactly sure what happened, but somehow the, the clinic, the Planned Parenthood facility found out that I was, you know, not pro-abortion anymore. They found out somehow that I was working with the, this pro-life group and they sued me and they tried to uh-huh. get a permanent gag order against me. So I wouldn't be able to tell my story. I wouldn't be able to talk. I wouldn't be able to tell the things I know because if there's one thing that the abortion industry is scared of, it's their former employees because we know all the secrets. We know all of their dirty laundry and they're really, really scared that we're going to come out and, and talk about it. But Abby, what, so, did, what, did, what did you think about this pro-life organization while you were still working for Planned Parenthood, but you'd see them out front praying, picketing, talking, um, you, you know, did that ever kind of hit you at that time? Like, you know, Hey, these people really care about these women that are going in there and, and choosing abortion. I mean, no, I thought they were annoying at the time. <laughs> I just thought they were a nuisance and I thought they were really annoying. The only positive thing I ever said about them or thought about them. And I actually said this to our volunteers. I said, I wish that we in our movement had the persistence that they had because it didn't matter, you know, rain or shine, cold, hot, whatever. And it's primarily mm-hmm. hot in Texas. Mm-hmm. They were there every day. They were on that sidewalk. And I just remember thinking, man, it doesn't matter. Like they are here mm-hmm. every single day. And I remember saying like, I wish that, that, you know, our volunteers had the same perseverance, right. And persistence right, to do their right. job. Um, sure. But I, you know, I remember thinking, well, it's life and death for them. I mean, they think that there's somebody dying. So, of course, they're mm-hmm. going to be out here every day, you know. And they were right. And they were right. You know, I didn't think so at the time. But, I, I mean, at the time, I was just like, well, this is what they think. So, of course, they're going to show up, you know. And, uh, and so mm-hmm. I did have, you know, a sense of respect for them in that sense. Um, but they were, just, they were just really annoying to me. But they were, you know, for the, for the most part, yeah. the people involved in the Coalition for Life were, they, for the most part, most of them were kind to me. Um, and so... You know, I didn't have any like bad, I didn't have, you know, very many bad relationships or anything with the people out there. And so, um, yeah, so, I mean, they took me to court and, and all of a sudden these parents took me to court and all of a sudden these people who I had seen as my enemy for eight years were now my new friends. And that was kind of a weird place to be in for me. Um, you know, just having to trust these people who I had been told were awful. Was there, was know, there a moment to harm me? Yeah. Was, was there a moment mixed in there? You know, w- w- were they, were you a Christian at the time? I mean, you'd mentioned how you grew up, but you know, one of the things you talk about that, that, that I, I feel like I see in that was most of the people were, were kind to you and nice to you and you had a good relationship with them. You know, is that is that the love of Christ? They were they were showing God's love through their opposition and through trying to stop women from from killing their babies via abortion. Do you, do you feel like maybe that was the Holy Spirit working in you? Was it just something that God was trying to get your attention? Yeah, on? I mean, they were they were definitely showing me that you know the love of Christ um, for sure out there on that sidewalk. I mean, uh, 
you know, there were times where I was certainly not, not nice to them. Um, and they, you know, but they continued to, to be kind and, and reach out. And, and they also were smart about knowing when not to reach out, you know, like when it was just not a good time when I was really just being a pill or whatever. And they knew like, this is just not a, a good time, you know, to reach out to her or whatever. Um, but there was a, there was also a time when there was a, a young woman on the sidewalk named Elizabeth and she really targeted me for a while um, in a good way. Like she was there every day when I showed up for work and she was there every day when I left. And she kind of made me her target, like to kind of befriend me on the sidewalk. And, and I didn't know that at the time that she was doing that. But then when I left, um, she told me that she had done that. And I, when I was working in the clinic, I was like, Man, I really like this girl. Like if there wasn't this fence in between us, I think we'd actually be friends. Um, because I was just very like drawn to her. And I think I was just really drawn to her kindness and her mm. spirit, you know? Um, and then, yeah. you know, we became good friends after I left the clinic because we were very similar and, you know, and really connected. So I, I just think that, you know, that kind of, that, you know, I think the Holy Spirit does do a lot of work. Um, I think, he, I think the Holy Spirit can do a lot of work if we're just kind of obedient and, and open to, you know, the Spirit's prompting right. um, whenever we're, we're doing this, this pro-life work. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And so um, I want to let people know, too, um, if you want to follow Abby or find out more information, you can go to abbyj.com. She's all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, YouTube. And then uh, the ministry that she's uh, have founded, and then there were none, um, it is uh, a ministry that's designed to assist abortion clinic workers transition out of the industry like she did, and that is abortionworker.com. So maybe if you know of somebody um, uh, that that is in that industry, or so you know someone that knows someone. Again, abortionworker.com is the place to go for. And then there were none. Uh, the ministry, um, the books that Abby has written: Fierce Mercy, um, The Walls Are Talking, Stories from Former Abortion Clinic Workers Shedding Light on the Reality of Abortion, and then uh, Unplanned: The Dramatic Story of a Former Planned Parenthood Leader's Eye-Opening Journey Across the Lifeline. And the movie Unplanned. Uh, Abby's story is coming out March 29th. So listen, even if by the time this airs, it's after March 29th and you haven't seen it, get out there and, and see this movie unplanned. Um, it, it's again, I've heard Abby speak in person. Um, I've read uh, one of her books and have followed her, follow her on social media. Um, you get targeted quite a bit. There's a lot of hate going on there. I'm sure you probably received your death threats and uh, your your hostility um, from around the world uh, since then, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, but it, that's just part of it. And that just sort of comes with the comes with the territory. Um, it's, you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm used to it. I mean, scripture says that, you know, we will receive that sort of, um, persecution. And I mean, it's, it's really nothing compared to what, what some people receive. So it's, it's okay. I, I take it. Right. God made you tough. I've seen you. I've seen you in action. Yeah. God definitely made you tough. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, you're a mother of eight. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, it's, it's an honor to do this work, really. And I, I love being out on the sidewalk. I, I love helping pregnancy centers. And um, I just, 
right. I don't mind. I don't mind the heat, so it's okay. <laughs> well, there's there's a couple of questions. I know you you've got a really busy schedule, and you're you're sneaking us in here, and I still appreciate this. Abby Johnson is our guest. Um, you can go to abbyj.com to find out more information about her books, the movie coming up, Unplanned, and all the things that she's involved in. Abby, is this a is this a rights issue or is this a biblical issue? I think it's a biblical issue. Um, I think that no one has the right to kill innocent people. So um, I don't I don't think it's a rights issue um, at all. I don't think it's I don't think anybody ever has that right. Um, so I, I think it is a biblical issue. I think it goes back to to the commandments. And I think what's really sad is that churches have turned this into a political issue and they're using that as a crutch to not talk about this issue in the church. And it's, you know, abortion, look, it's a sin issue. So mm. if it's a sin, if it's a sin issue, then it's a Jesus issue. And yeah. if it's a Jesus issue, Amen. then it's a church issue. And it's something that, you know, all churches should be talking about. Um, they should be talking about this from the pulpit, just like you talk about any other sin. But I feel like that's one of the problems though is that churches are not talking about sin anymore um, because everybody wants to act like Jesus is, was like one of us, you know, and Jesus was not one of us. And we need to stop kind of using that narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, Jesus was not one of us. There's yeah. not this like buddy Jesus out there, you know. Um, he was fully God and fully man, so he understands what we go through, but let's also understand that Jesus was the only, but being both God and man, he was the only one to walk the earth without a single sin for his entire life. And so he is not like us. He understands no. us, he gets us, but he's not like, we're not like him. No, and I think that this idea, this like buddy Christ sort of, sort of thing that we're doing to Jesus is really dangerous. Um, and it's, it's dangerous to Christianity. And, um, and so I, I, cause it's, it's putting Jesus down to our level and that's never what should happen. We should be striving to, to, to go up to Jesus, right? We shouldn't be bringing him down to us. And, uh, and so I, I think that that, I, but I think that's what's happening in our churches. I think our churches, not all of them, but I think a lot of them just really aren't serious about sin. And they're, they've become so seeker-friendly that they have right. forgotten to actually preach the gospel. And they're so worried about being inclusive and including everybody that they have forgotten right. that the road to heaven is very, very narrow. Not everybody's getting, not everybody's getting in, you know? And so we need to be... Yeah, we That's need right. to be teaching people what is that way, you yeah. know, and how a lot can of they shock get on that, on that path? day because it will not be everybody. Right, absolutely, and I am proud of my church here at Abundant Life because we have talked about it and we always speak the truth in love. Our pastor speaks the truth in love, but we have talked about it. We will talk about it and we will speak the truth in love, but we will call it what it is. It is murder. It is it is killing another human being. You know, in your last episode, the, one of the latest episodes of your podcast where you the, the stat had come out that I'd talked about, I know we're down to just like two minutes, but um, there was a stat that you'd mentioned, 63 million babies have been murdered since 1960. 19- 73 in the United States. I mean, that is just an appalling stat to me. But as I was listening to that episode, um, you had a, a pastor on that the reference was um, in Luke 1. 
and how when Mary, who was carrying Jesus at the time, meets with Elizabeth, who was carrying John, and when when John heard Mary's mm-hmm. voice, he leapt with joy in, in, in the womb. And, I mean, that's the Holy Spirit working in a baby in the womb before birth. And there's always this argument, well, it's not a real baby until this many weeks or this many weeks. And that is just such a, a loose, false, wrong argument that it, it just bugs me and it breaks my heart at the same time that so many people are teaching women out there that don't know and they're sad and they're scared and they just don't know the facts or understand or maybe they haven't been introduced to Jesus yet. And, and we need to be preaching the gospel and sharing that with these people because oftentimes, like you'd mentioned at the beginning, yes, there are underserved or underprivileged or uneducated women and at their lowest point and they're scared and they don't know what to do. And and also maybe they don't know the Lord or maybe they don't know scripture or maybe they don't know the truth. And so they're being preyed upon. And so they're making decisions based on that fear and based on not understanding the gospel. And that absolutely breaks my heart. Yeah, I mean, if you want to change the culture, you have to do it by introducing people to a saving relationship with Christ. That's how Amen. that's how you change culture. Amen. I mean, you can do all you can do and try to save as many physical lives as babies as you want to. But if you don't change the heart of the mom, if you don't help her come to having that relationship with Christ, she will go back to her worldly ways and she will have another unplanned pregnancy and she will most likely that baby will end up being aborted. So it's, it's not just about saving the physical life of a baby. This is about having an eternal life. Amen, Abby. And that's really, that's really how you change the culture. Yeah. That's good. Abby, I want to sit like interview style and talk to you forever, but I know that we've hit our limit and we have to let you go. So I want to let people know abbyj.com is the website. She's all over social media. Make sure you check her out, the ministry. And then there were none. Uh, You can go to abortionworker.com. Um, it is. Uh, it helps. It's designed to assist abortion clinic workers that are transitioning out of the industry. And there's a lot of fear and a lot of threat and a lot of stuff that goes on there. Again, a lot of books you can find with Abby as well, but the movie Unplanned coming out March 29th. Check it out. If we're after March 29th, by the time you hear this, then make sure that you go see this movie. And then her book, Unplanned, the dramatic story of a former Planned Parenthood leader's eye-opening journey across the lifeline. Make sure you pick up a copy and other books as well. Just go to abbyj.com. Abby, it was a pleasure to uh, MC that event. It was great to hear you speak. Honored to read your books. Honored to have you on the show. You're a busy girl with a lot of stuff uh, in life, not to mention being a mom of eight and a, and a wife. So thanks for squeezing out the time here with us in, in this crazy schedule that you're compressing. I, I so appreciate it. And uh, we'll be praying for you. Um, and, and I guess one more question. I will let you go again. There might be somebody listening out there that is feeling like, I've done this. I've done a horrible thing. I've had an abortion. There's no hope for me. What would you say to those those women out there that during this? Oh, I would say that, you know, Satan wants us to live in our past. Our past is the enemy's yeah. playground. But God wants to use every sin you've ever committed. He wants to use it for something incredible. And I feel like my life is the perfect example of that. I mean, every day I'm so honored that God can use the death 
of 22,000 babies that were aborted to save lives today. I'm so thankful that he can use my eight years in the abortion industry to now help get women and men out of the abortion industry and help get them into eternal life with him. Mm, Praise God. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted with God. That's right. He will use everything, everything in our past, every sin. He will use everything. He does not want us to live in bondage of the past. He wants us to live in freedom. Amen. Um, if, if that's you listening out there, maybe you're in the industry and you want to get out, or maybe that's been you and, and you've had an abortion in the past and, and you're just struggling to deal with it or you need some help. Um, I, I want you to just go to www.livingproof.co and we have counselors and we have people here at the church at Abundant Life that can help you navigate that and and help you understand. Maybe you heard for the very first time, wait a minute, eternal life, relationship with Jesus Christ, what does that mean? We have so many people here. Just visit livingproof.co. There's a number to call. There's people you can talk to. There's help that we can give you and and get you to where gets you to the people that you need to talk to, um, the places you need to go, um, but help you understand what uh, eternal life means, uh, relationship uh, with the Lord, and and also just understanding that that Jesus is not pointing his finger at you and causing you to live in shame. Look at Abby's life, eight years as a worker, and now committing her entire life to helping save the unborn and also to to bring these women and these men that have worked in these clinics as well into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is a biblical issue and eternal life is at stake as well as the lives of the unborn. Abby, you're amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time um, and thank your publicist for putting you in here. I'm, I'm, I'm honored that uh, you're able to get in here because I know you're busy, but um, continued prayers and keep doing what you're doing and being outspoken. And then for also everybody, Politely Rude is the podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, all over the place. And again, her website is abbyj.com. Abby, God's blessings. Keep doing you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Les. You got it, Abby. Take care. That's Abby Johnson. Um, And again, abbyj.com is her website. Check out the movie Unplanned coming March 29th. On behalf of Abby, I'm Les Norman. Thanks for joining us today in the Watching World Podcast.